Let's go. Here we go. Let's go. Back on the air. Week one in the books. Tommy, how you doing? Fitz, what's happening, guys? We're good, man. We're good. We had a uh, pretty eventful weekend. It was nice to have the NFL football back. And uh, it was pretty cool. I got to go to a U.S. Open semifinal for the first time. Uh, you know, I haven't had an opportunity to do something like that in a long time. And uh, even though it was pretty close from Boston where I lived, you know, 23 years I was playing football this time of year. So to get a chance to go see another sporting event was cool. And then up to Boston for the weekend in Foxborough, which was really fun too. So I had a good sports weekend, Fitzy. How about you, man? How many golf rounds did you play? Let's be honest. No, no, I was excited. It was football it was football kickoff, man. I, I was watching all the games, flipping from channel to channel to channel. Um, and it was it was exciting. I got a chance to watch a little bit of the U.S. Open. Saw you enjoying yourself there with your son. It was it was really cool to see Coco, uh, you know, win her first slam, and obviously see see Joker, you know, the, the greatest of all time, um, to be able to have his success in straight sets. So it was a great sports weekend. I I, I can uh, I can agree with you on that. Two Jokers dominating sports. I mean, <laughs> NBA version and now the tennis version. And Novak is incredible. I mean, it doesn't look like he's slowing down at all. He's got this incredible determination about him even when he wins he's like already on to the next one and he's tough to beat he's just so he's got incredible mental uh stamina just his mental discipline uh i i don't don't always love the word mental toughness i think it's more of an emotional toughness you know but an incredible discipline to to just break the opponents down so once he finds a weak spot he just chops away and it's unbelievable to watch how would you describe emotional toughness tell us what you mean i think it's the ability to deal with a lot of things we use mental toughness i think mental is has a lot to do with intellect you know and not necessarily what's in your brain so and like an intellectual toughness is different to me as opposed to an emotional toughness you know emotions regulate so much of our behaviors you know so Sometimes when you would get angry, you'd get motivated and there'd be action associated with that. That's what I always used on the football field. Now, if I really wanted to get to a really fired up place, I'd get angry. And that anger would emotionally change my whole state. And that state was at a very heightened sense of awareness and focus. So a lot of those things I could tap into. And I think that you can see like when guys are in the zone or they're super focused and determined, they've got this ability to lock in like you don't when you're not in that certain frame of mind. So certain athletes can really do that. I mean, you could always see the clips of, let's say, Kobe or MJ or Tiger. Like you just looked in their eyes, you saw their body language, and you're like, all right, we're not fucking with them. (laughs) And, you know, Djokovic is the same way, you know. And, you know, people say, oh, that guy's a killer or that guy's this. Or At the end of the day, what they really mean is that guy knows how to tap into this part of his – body brain body brain connection that knows exactly how to eliminate every distraction and focus exactly on the details of what it takes in order to to beat the competition so it's a it's a great skill to have and when the guys that do it you know they're tough to beat let's go is brought to you by delta airlines delta believes that the pursuit of perfection is a never-ending journey and every day provides new opportunities to keep climbing towards that let's go moment Visit Delta.com to book today. And, Tommy, you've signed up uh, in a leadership role with Delta Airlines. Congratulations. Yeah, it's it's great. You know, I've, I've 
been very fortunate in my post career to have some different opportunities. So, you know, we kicked it off last week and, and I think for me, it's a lot of uh, continued learning. And I think for a lot of our listeners, like challenge yourself in different ways, you know, to work as a strategic advisor for a great company, one of our country's greatest airlines. I mean, look at, you know, all our transportation now. I mean, how the, I mean, and this isn't an app, this is like that Delta app is unbelievable. You know, to use that the way that they've they've created that I and mean, the way that technology has changed our transportation. My life has been on airplanes for the last, you know, all of our lives. I mean, look at all of our travel. And, and I think that it's just amazing to be a part of kind of these emerging uh, businesses, technologies. It's one of the Fortune 100 companies, um, but also led by a great team. So I got a lot to learn and looking forward to, you know, great things ahead with them, as well as, you know, continuing some other really fun things in my in my business career. Tom, you ran back out on the field, LFG, let's go, uh, before you were uh, taking the podium at Foxborough yesterday. What was that moment like? I think those moments are great, you know, just to, to um, take nothing for granted. And uh, I had my family there, which was really fun. And to see a lot of people that have supported me over the years and show up and and, and you know, I said it all in the field, so I'm not going to regurgitate it. But it was just a really special day, and uh, I was pretty worn out. I, when I got on the the flight, uh, I was I was knocked out. It was just there was so much energy and emotion, and it was a great football game. There was a lot of great games yesterday, but it was uh, just a, a great celebration and, and another once in a lifetime opportunity for me. Did it seem a little surreal to you, Tom, that this was actually you because it was your first day off the field? Uh, in all those years, those 32 years that we talked about last week, and, and then you're kind of back on the field, but you're not back on the field for what it is you've done. Yeah, and, 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 I, and I think the advice that I gave different guys is, you know, if they're looking in their career, and I told this to a friend of mine last night, I said, just make sure you leave it all out there because you just never want to have one drop left and think, oh, everyone's down there playing, and I'm sitting up here, and I still feel like I could do it. And, you know, I don't feel like that. I feel like I'm just super content with my decision, where I'm at in life. And what about you, Fitzy? How did you how did you come to that point in your life where you were totally content with being retired? Well, I, like you said, you, you, I left it all on the field. I gave everything I had physically, emotionally, spiritually. And, and I knew when I walked off the field the last time that it was going to be my last time on the field. Um, I just I was so emotionally worn down, physically beat down. And um, you just I remember asking the players before me, how do you know when it's time? And they always say, you know, when it's time. And like I knew unequivocally it was time for me to move on to the next thing. And I felt the same way. You know, it, it was uh, it was definitely like time to transition to something different. And uh, it doesn't mean you don't miss it. You don't love it. You don't, you know, yearn for the moments to run out of that tunnel still, but you know that it's not for you any longer, and that's, that's kind of how I felt. And uh, to think about the time you got another one to do in Tampa, and uh, you know, whenever they call, so you <laughs> better better prepare for the second one. <laughs> I know, I know, Scratchy, you've changed careers quite a few times too. I mean, you've gone from, you know, you've been football, you, you've obviously been in football, you've been in golf, you know, you've been in broadcasting, you've been on television, on the radio, how have you transitioned in your life? I mean, there's so many people that transition careers and they're worried about, oh God, what happens if I leave this to move on to that? How did you, I mean, you haven't been on the field, but how do most people feel about transitioning different lines of work? 
I think it's like our good buddy Stedman Graham says to us all the time. You just keep going. The most fortunate thing that happened to me in my life is, is I learned real, real early in broadcasting what's relevant now is irrelevant in about three minutes. The news changes, questions change, interviews change, life changes. So you got to be flexible. Most important thing you can be is flexible. And Chuck Daly used to always tell me, you know, I don't have a plan and neither do you. And that worked out well, because if I'd have had a plan, I would have long ago exceeded my goal. Mm. I mean, you didn't have a goal. You probably had a goal to win a Super Bowl, but you didn't say that's the end of my goal. Otherwise, you never would have won seven. Yeah. Fitz would have never been the great receiver that he was if he was satisfied with a great catch in week three 15 years ago. So yeah. you just kind of keep going, and you have to evolve. Um, Ali said it best. You show me any man who's the same man at age 20 that he is at age 50, and I'll show you a guy who's failed. Mm. Peyton Manning's going to be joining us. Let's remind everybody, Let's Go is brought to you by Mastro's. Indulge in the finest steaks, superior seafood, and melt-in-your-mouth butter cake, all while immersed in an extravagant setting. Visit Mastro's.com for reservations now. What did we you have know, to Peyton? pay to get him on? I, I got to wonder, what the fuck did we pay Peyton to get on here? I know this is out of the goodness of his heart to come see his old buddies right here. That's it. That's it. It's uh, it's the retirement club, you know? I mean, I, I saw you getting honored yesterday. I said, uh, it's an emotional time for him. I'm going to come on and check him out. Hey, can I give you a, actually a little Peyton Manning inspiration? Because he doesn't ever, ever think that I paid attention. But I'll say on Sunday morning yesterday at 6 a.m. when I woke up because I can't sleep, I said, you know what I'm going to do? I don't know what, quite know what I'm going to say to the crowd. Let me look at some of my favorite players uh, <laughs> get up there in their retirements and speak. So, of course, I type in Peyton Manning. I Google Peyton Manning jersey retirement speech. So I go on. <laughs> it's him and Ursay standing up there. They introduce. He goes up on stage, says his, you know, Great things like he always does. Gets off the stage and throws. Saturday snaps him the ball and he <laughs> fires a post to 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 uh, was it Reggie or to Marvin? It's it to Reggie. Reggie. Mar Reg Marvin probably was like, "No, nah, I'm not doing that, man. I'm not running." <laughs> Reggie, of course, was probably like, I'm, I'll, "I'll do it." And he hits Reggie in the end zone. So I was like, "You know what? I'm going to do something fun that the crowd's going to really like." So let me run out there kind of do my thing and I'll get up on stage and have a good time. So Peyton, I will say, even though you weren't there, you were a part of that celebration for me yesterday. I like it. I like it. I saw you look good. Uh, Jersey looked like it fit. I mean, it looked like you were ready to go out there and take a few snaps. So, uh, yeah, my speech was short and sweet, which is always the right way to go. Uh, the reason I was even shorter is because Jim Ursay was still speaking as the 49ers <laughs> were lining up for the kickoff for the second half. And the person's like, I'm like, what do you want me to do? So I'm like, thank you very much. <laughs> so, folks, that's a preview of what's to come. We've got the great Peyton Manning joining us. Our show is brought to you by Kay Jewelers. For over 100 years, Kay has helped millions of couples find their dream engagement ring. Visit your local Kay store or go to Kay.com to find yours and celebrate every kiss with Kay. Back with more here on Let's Go on Sirius XM. 
I'm Jake Mintz. And I'm Jordan Schusterman, and we are the hosts of Baseball Barbacast. If you're listening to Tom Brady's podcast and you're thinking, I wish I knew more about the last active athlete to be drafted by the Montreal Expos, then boy, do we have a baseball podcast for you. Monday, Wednesday, Friday, we're talking about Tom Brady. No, mostly we're talking about baseball, and you should join us and download Baseball Barbacast on the SXM app, available with all of our trials and popular plans, or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. That's B-A-R-B-Cast. Let's go! Welcome back to Let's Go. I'm Jim Gray along with Tom Brady and Larry Fitzgerald. Our program is brought to you by American Express. It's easy to get excited about the game. You love hearing the sound of the whistle, smell of the concessions from your seat. That's the stuff that reminds you of the thrill of the game. And you know when you're with Amex, they're going to be with you every step of the way because it's not if it's going to happen, but when. American Express, don't live life without it. Peyton, you got that Manning cast. It's uh, become a huge hit for everybody who watches football on Monday night. Uh, who you got tonight, and uh, what are you looking forward to? Well, we got Jets Bills tonight, obviously, uh, Jim, and it uh, should be an exciting game. Uh, Tom can relate. Uh, I can relate to what Aaron Rodgers is uh, going to be feeling uh, tonight uh, going against the Bills. Uh, you know, at least Tom and I stayed with the same number, right? I mean, the different colored jersey <laughs> is, is a big enough adjustment. I think when Aaron looks down tonight – uh, when he's getting dressed, you know, uh, getting ready to go out to the tunnel and sees Jets green number eight. Like, where am I? Who am I? And what am I doing? Uh, yeah. I think he will have a moment there. I know Tom can, can speak to it. There will be a moment there. There'll be a throw that he'll make. And he'll say, what was that? It's just he's going to be, you know, emotional. It's going to be new for him. But I see him playing well. But uh, should be a good game. John McEnroe is going to be on there talk a little yeah. ball with us uh he's a big jets fan so uh should be a good one tom sweet sweet i know john mackerel I, I actually the funny thing, i had a great john mackerel moment when i was 2005 or 6 i got invited after after we lost to you actually pater in the uh 06 uh championship game okay. i went to uh michael jordan had an event in the bahamas a golf tournament and in the final round it was myself and mj uh, MJ put me on his team against McEnroe and someone else. And uh, we beat him up pretty good. And he was so mad the whole time. And he was like, this is such bullshit. You two are on the same team. And, you know, how are we doing this? And, you know, we kind of <laughs> ran away with it, uh, the, the golf tournament. And I actually had a nice watch out of it at the time. But John was still <laughs> as feisty as ever and wanted to win. And, oh, he was so pissed that he got paired and his his partner and, you know, Michael was stacking the deck in his own tournament, so it was pretty amazing. And what a he's he's great. And by the way, he's great on TV. I mean, I think he's one of the great broadcasters uh, in all sports too. So it's gonna be awesome I, to have him on. I, I agree. He's coming on in the third quarter, so we'll see how the game's going at that point. You know, will he be yelling at the refs? You know, you cannot be serious. <laughs> yeah. uh, we're gonna talk a little bit about John's throwing motion. He's got a pretty good throwing motion with rackets. I'm not sure what it's like with footballs, but uh, no, he should be good. And, uh, you know, Ryan Fitzpatrick's played for the Bills and the Jets, and so he knows what it's like on both teams. But uh, opening night, Monday night, uh, it'll be exciting. If I'm a Jets or a Bills player, I'm like, when can kickoff get here, though? Can we please start yeah. the season, right? I mean, the Lions, yeah. Chiefs, everybody's envious of them. Like, let's go. And uh, yeah. uh, perfect name for this podcast. Like, let's, let's get this thing going. So yeah. those guys will be ready to go. By the way, um, I know the dress attire was 
casual uh, today. If it was business, Larry, what would you wear if it was business? <laughs> Tux? I mean, I know that's a casual Payton, Monday you, look for you. Hey, you. You're not you're not one to ever talk about being uh, dressed, you know, like you you're I call it the man in uniform, the khakis I mean, and the button up. Every time hey, I see you, you're always in the same uniform every time. But, but look at but look at me now. I mean, Tom's in a hoodie. I'm in my Ampipe High School, 52 stack monster from all the right moves. And you're in a suit and it's Monday. Uh, no, I, I got I got a little something to do after this. But Peyton, a question say, for you. How's the, how's the season? How's the season going right now? Coaching? How, how you doing? How, how the kids doing? Are you guys undefeated right now? It's good. Yeah, youth football's off to a good start. Uh, yeah, we're off to a good start. I'm running the ball heavy, Larry. I, I, I've totally changed my routine. We don't throw much, right? We use the run, set up the pass, but uh, it's fun. I was with Emmanuel Sanders at the Broncos game the other day. He's coaching his son. And, uh, look, I know you guys play youth football. Uh, that's where it all starts, getting these the kids have to have fun, to keep playing. Yeah. Uh, you know, yeah. in the junior high and in the high school, that's important. So, uh, um, trying to you know cut down the playbook. I think we're up to 165 plays. It's still early, Larry. It's still only in week three. <laughs> so, uh, uh, we'll see what happens by week eight. So, how do rivals become friends? Because Bird and Magic are okay. Wilt and Russell tolerated each other, and I can tell you from personal experience, Ollie and Frazier did not like each other. So, how do rivals become friends after all that? Well, I met Tom, uh, obviously played against him early on, and then I uh, met him um, over in Hawaii. They kind of had like a quarterback challenge, Pro Bowl uh, week was over there in the Hawaii area and, and got to know him. And, um, you know, look, I think there was always just, just mutual respect. I mean, I was a couple years uh, older than him. But, uh, you know, we, I mean, the Patriots, look, when, when Tom got to New England, the Patriots were in the Colts division, right? They were in the old AFC East. Thank goodness for realignment. Thank you, Houston. Played against him almost twice every single year, even after that, Jim, even yeah. after realignment, right? We play him in the regular season. Uh, obviously, just mutual respect, you know, see each other at a golf tournament in the off season, And uh, I just appreciate the way he prepared, the way he went about his business. You know, he's talked about how he studied some things that we did. We did the same thing back. And, uh, uh, he's been a great friend, uh, and it's uh, it's been fun to you know be a part of our football journeys and life's journeys together. I always looked up to Peyton because he always did things the right way, and how he handled himself off the field. Obviously, on the field, he's one of the greatest players to ever put a uniform on, and he had incredible expectations from the day he started. You know, he was the top recruit coming out of high school, the top draft pick coming out of college, and then had the. There's very few people who get to live up to that, and he did. He's got an unbelievable determination, his work ethic, his preparation. I mean, all those things is what I wish these young players could see that types of players like Peyton. And and there's a few guys that in our era that really work that way. And I think the difference is now it's so different when I watch games, even like yesterday. It's just a different quality of play. You know, it's just we're not studying defenses like we used to. We're not breaking down defenses the way we used to. A lot of the plays are being, you know, run into defenses that I know that if I saw Max Blitz coming and we couldn't pick it up, Peyton would be making sure he blocked as many as he could and giving his receiver a chance on a great one-on-one -on -one ball. And instead, so many guys now just snap the ball and they go, all right, what do I do now? And this, and the game, unfortunately, is, 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 gets a little sloppy. But you know, I do think there's part of it where there was 
such an educational part about the game. And we, Peyton was someone that I could speak to because, you know, you get to a certain point in your career and there's only so many people you can learn from, you know, but you can really learn from the guys who are in it with you. I mean, Fitzy probably had that with certain receivers. You know, once you get to the top, top, top level, you still want to learn. You know, Peyton was someone that could still teach me something because he teach me the, the, the nuance of the nuance of the nuance as opposed to anything, you know, very general. And I think we just could – we'd sit down and we'd talk football and we could – five days could pass if we wanted it to. I mean, it usually was, you know, an hour or two hours once we got together and had a great time together. But, you know, I think we just had a love of football. We had a love of competition. And, you know, I'm just very blessed to have a, a guy like that in my life that, you know, taught me a lot. In, in a lot of different ways. It's someone I admired and, and obviously competed against. And when you have those competitors, you want to be the best for your team because you know he's going to be the best for his team. And then, shit, whoever wins, wins. You know, but you, you knew you couldn't go out there and play less than your best and beat a Peyton Manning-led team. I know we said we're not reflecting much, but I guess I did reflect <laughs> a little bit. But we should because, you know, some of it's pretty cool to have too. We'll sit back right now and, 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 and take a shot because Let's Go is brought to you by Casamigos Tequila. Casamigos Tequila is brought to you by those who drink it. How long did it take for you guys to become like respected rivals that you guys respected each other to actually having a relationship, a friendship where you would – call each other up, talk to about, you know, football life in general. How long did that take to develop? Yeah, I feel like during the season, I mean, look, we were both wired in on what we were doing. Um, from time to time, we, we, we were playing each other that week. We, we touched base to see if, if he could help anybody you know, on my side, you know, coming to the game. You know those great seats they give the visiting team's families up in the <laughs> upper deck in, uh, at Lucas Oil or at Foxborough. So, we might, you know, check in on that, but it wasn't like, you know, I mean, obviously when you're in season, you're going about your business, but there was always something that kind of popped in the off season, uh, Larry, uh, like I said, a, a pro bowl, uh, a, a charity golf tournament. Uh, um, if I was out in LA, I'd reach out to Tom. Uh, I was in Boston one time. I'm like, Tom, I don't want to leave my hotel. They're going to shoot me. Uh, they're going to beat me up. Can you come and pick me up? And you know, take me out to dinner. Nobody's going to hurt me if I'm with you. So it was just kind of di- it was just kind of different. Okay, I'd see him at the Kentucky Derby every single year. So yeah. I think it just kind of grew throughout the years. And then obviously, with so many games, big games, playoff games, um, uh, you know, that just kind of added to it. But you know, like Jim mentioned, uh, you're competing, you're trying to win, you're trying to do the best you can for your team, but you can't just avoid the respect that you have because of the way Tom went about his business, his consistency, his, you know, clutch play in critical times. Um, so um, I think it just, you know, kind of grew through the years. Tommy, how did, how did you keep it classy? I mean, in, in today's day and age, it's so easy to get petty and jealous. Even if you have respect for somebody else, you get dragged into things. How did, how did you stay above the fray with this and, and not go down that, that slippery slope? I just think there's um, – I always felt like, you know, whatever I did is a is in – if I performed well, it, it meant nothing against anyone else, you know. There, I think people inside barber shops and on talk shows, they always want to make it this against that, and they compare things that are completely ridiculous. But when you're in the arena and you're one of the competitors, you don't do those things. Like, I never wanted to be better than Peyton Manning. I just wanted to be the best I could be. Peyton Manning was unbelievable. Like, like the greatest, you know, anybody 
any football team any year would take Peyton Manning as their starting quarterback, you know, but, and there's only probably five or 10 of us that played that way. And who's better? I don't know. Like, you know, what do you like to eat? Some person like this, some person like that, who knows? He was an incredible, incredible player. He, he, he played with different teammates, different coaches. And, you know, it's, it's just comes down to risk, you know, respect. It's not petty because, there's a respect level that you realize how hard it is for Peyton to do what he did. And I recognize that very few people know how hard it is to, to have the level of success that, you know, that Fitzy had that Peyton had that the guys that we know that ultimately end up as, you know, the franchise type players. That's not just a fluke. There's a lot that goes into it. And I think, you know, there's nobody, I don't, ever consider myself to hate on someone like that because if they I know what they're putting into it and it's a lot and it's a lot and it's your life and there's a lot of commitment a lot of sacrifice there's a lot that goes into reaching that level and even probably in this second career I don't know for for all of us you know like I don't know how hard certain things and 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 parts of life will be but I'll tell you this it's probably not going to be as hard as what we went through for a long period of time you know, we put a lot into football. We put a lot of physical commitment, mental and emotional commitment, 24-7, seven days a week. I'm happy I don't have to do that again because <laughs> that was a lot. So now that we move into different careers, all of us, you know, I think we take the lessons we learned from that work ethic and we can apply it, but it's just not as intense. And for me, I'll speak for myself, I think that's a positive. That's something I'm really looking forward to. Peyton, do you think the same level of, of discipline and focus to TV that you did with the game? I, I got to give you a background story. When Peyton was getting inducted to the Hall of Fame, um, he invited me so generously, but one of my sons ended up getting COVID, so I couldn't I couldn't attend. And I remember like two days before, he's texting me about my my plan is to be in Canton. I'm like, this man is going into the Hall of Fame. And I can only imagine the thousands of people that he has to be organized with and how detailed he was and where he wanted to sit people, what time they were going to be getting it. I mean, his level of detail is just like on a whole other level. I was wondering, is your preparation for TV the same? Well, uh, look, in preparation, I mean, it's what Tom was talking about earlier. That's kind of where I felt, you know, I could try to get some kind of edge. I mean, neither of us could outrun anybody. That's clear. But, uh, you know, kind of thought we could maybe outprepare them. And so, uh, like, I still uh, I still have my notebook. Uh, I still take notes. Uh, I enjoy the most, uh, Larry the conversations that I get to have during the week. Uh, we try to talk to the head coach, uh, maybe the coordinator and the quarterback if we can. Ten minutes, right? Shortest production meeting of your career, Tom, right? I mean, <laughs> I, I, I was true. I said, Tom, I, I, last couple of years, Jim, I'm like, Tom, do you have ten minutes? If it's 11 minutes, cut me off, right? I mean, John Madden used to have us in there on the oh my board God. an hour, right? Collinsworth wants to know. Like, I'm like, ten minutes, we're in and out trying to prepare uh, is a good way to kind of to get ready uh, in whatever it is that you're doing, asking questions. Uh, I'm not afraid to admit what I don't know. Uh, yeah. You know, don't have all the answers. I mean, Larry, for you though, like I just know how high maintenance you are. I had to have you in the shade, <laughs> right. To where you were going to sit there at Canton. You know, I got Brady who causes a lot of attention. You know, who's he going to sit by? Is he going to sit by the old Colts, the Broncos, Neither neither team likes them, right? I mean, you know, you know AFC West, AFC South, 
Nobody likes uh, Brady because he beat up uh, on us so much. So, yeah, I take those things into account. And uh, I just hope, Larry, you and I get invited when Tom goes in. By the way, they're changing they're changing the rules. They're putting Tom in next year in the Hall of Fame, just like they are the Patriots Hall of Fame, right? All rules are off. Yeah. Well, he played till he was 105, so why, why make him wait anymore? I may exactly, die. I'm already, already qualified for retirement, period, like in general, in the life, so – I'm on record. I'm on record in my in my speech saying when Tom goes in in 2035, five years after his retirement, all he's going to have time is to post a speech on Instagram. So we'll we'll see. Maybe it's a little bit earlier. Peyton, we appreciate your time. Thanks for always coming on with us. Best of luck with the Manning cast. We'll be watching everything Omaha Productions. And thanks again. You're just you're just terrific uh, to always make time for us. Thanks, guys. Tommy. Thank you, man. Thank you, Jim. See y'all. That's Peyton Manning. Tom has his own apparel line, folks, called Brady Brand. Check it out, bradybrand.com. Get comfortable, look good, and feel even better. Brady Brand, let's go. Folks, you can hear our full-length interview with Peyton Manning right now on the SiriusXM app, included with all SiriusXM trials and popular plans. Just search, let's go. Our thanks to our producer, Dave the Snake Hagen, and to our sponsors, Delta Airlines, American Express, K Jewelers, Casamigos Tequila, Brady Brand, and Mastro's. Let's Go with Tom Brady and Larry Fitzgerald was produced by 199 Productions in collaboration with Scratchy Productions and Shadow Lion. Listen to the full version of Let's Go every week on the Sirius XM app. Talk to you again next week right here on Sirius XM. Sirius XM Podcasts.